Okay. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Package Tourist, hosted by yours truly, The Package Tourist and the Magical Mystery Tour called Life, Matthew DBIs. Tonight, I will be interviewing sports author Tommy Phillips on his 2019 release, Sundays at the Masters, From Jack to Tiger. Mr. Phillips is a very busy and prolific author. During the past two years, he has published four books, the first, Nifty 90s, the story of an amazing decade in pro football history, chronicles the NFL during the 1990s. His second work, co-authored with Matt Johnson, Packers versus 49ers, a golden rivalry, delves into the obscure rivalry between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. His third release, Tribute to Troy, the stories of USC's bowl victories, is a loving tribute to the USC Trojans when they were one of the greatest college football programs in America and how they performed in bowl game competition. His latest release, which we will discuss tonight, Sundays at the Masters from Jack to Tiger, is an exciting recitation of some of the greatest and most dramatic final rounds in the history of the Masters tournament. Tommy, please tell us how Sundays at the Masters came about. Um, you know, whenever I... I decided to write it, I just was, um, you know, trying to do something different from my football books, and uh, I was, I don't know, I, like, I'd done so much football that I was like, you know, I want to try doing something different, and I was like, I really like golf, so I I was like, what, what can I do that, um, would be about golf and I I thought well why why don't I go into the masters and you know like everyone there, there's a lot of books out there about how the masters came to be but I wanted to just write something on the uh, golf just the golf on the course aspect of it so um, that's where the um, idea pretty much came from and um, I decided that I was going to go back, uh, about until, uh, the most famous one in 1986 and then come up to the present. Oh, so, uh, now the masters began in 1934. So, you know, you don't deal with like the really early ones, you know, the thirties or the forties, the fifties or sixties or seventies, you start with 86 mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. take it up, uh, Okay, like how many how many matches uh, finals do you cover? I mean, how many famous matches are you featured in the book? Um, everything from '86 to last year, so um, uh, 34, I think. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, um, yeah. There's I have plans on adding more to uh, in a future addition to it, but um, that's what I got so far. I'm kind of curious because, you know, you've had a, there are a lot of great matches. I mean, you started in 86. Why, why 86? Why didn't you go back further? I'm, I'm curious, kind of curious because I remember, was that like Gary Player? I remember vividly watching Gary Player win. I forget, was it 77, 78? You know, his, his mm-hmm. victory there. That was, that's one I remember as a kid. You know, why didn't you go back further? I'm curious. Um, the reason, well, it was originally just going to be, uh, the Tiger Woods era, and it was uh, going to be 1997 to present. And then um, I decided that I wanted to go back to 86 since it was a very famous ending. The 
between uh, Jack Nicholas and Sedley Balesteros and um, a couple others. And um, I, I, I decided I was going to go back and do everything from there until 1997. And then um, I had already written everything from 1997 to present. So, uh, yeah, it, it was mainly just because of all the mystique of the 1986 one and how um, I, I have a couple books about 1986 and um, those just piqued my interest about that. So I decided to start with that. Were you able to interview any of the golfers featured in the book? <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm not big name big name enough to do that. <laughs> uh, I did I didn't try to. <laughs> what now? Of course, the '86 one is the famous one. That was Nicholas's last uh, master, last Masters, also his last major victory, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I, in fact, I think it was his final uh, official PGA Tour victory. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all of all the matches, which ones really stand out in your mind that you really that really you could say form the real juice of the book? Which ones really are the standouts besides '86? Uh, um, I would besides '86, um, '87, I think it is with with uh, uh, famous hole out on. Um, the playoff hole by Larry Mize on 11. Um, uh, also, like 97, because that was Tiger Woods' first victory. Uh, 2004 is another big one. Um, I was always a big fan of Ernie Els, so I was kind of heartbroken whenever uh, Phil Mickelson came out of nowhere to just uh, steal it away in the final couple holes there. And, um, but, you know, Bill Mickelson went on to win a couple more and, um, proving that that was no fluke. And that was, that was, um, 2004 was definitely one of my favorite ones. Uh, it was just really exciting. And in fact, that's probably the tournament that really got me into, uh, the Masters and the reason why I'm so interested in it today. Um, let's, let's see. Have you ever attended a Masters tournament as a spectator? Oh, I, I wish I could. Uh, I have I have applied for tickets um, for the last couple of years here. I uh, haven't won the lottery, so no, I've never uh, made it to Augusta myself. Now, with your football books, you really deal heavily with statistics. With the book Sundays at the Masters, do you get into any type of stats at all, or are you just telling stories? Uh, it's it's mainly just the stories in this case. Um, I I do like stats, um, but when it, when, when it, uh, I'm not very good at the new uh, stats that have come out with. Uh, Golf, like golf, has some new new statistics like strokes gained, uh, tee to green, and stuff. And I I'm honestly not very up on the new stats, so I I guess I gotta get myself uh, up with the times and uh, start getting 
some of these newer stuff, but no, mainly it's just the stories of of the final rounds themselves. That's it. What is it? Does your book go into the ambiance and the vibes of the Augusta National Golf Club? Do you do any type of interludes like that where you talk about, you know, the specialness of the place? Do you do that? Um, not so much. Mine's just mainly based on the uh, golf and how, you know, the players got from, you know, whatever they were at in the third round to where they finished in the tournament. Uh, I'm, I'm not as big of a person on things like the ambiance and that, that sort of thing. I, I'm just... I'm kind of a person who's all about scores and statistics. So, uh, but I don't know the newer statistics that well, but yeah, that's basically what I'm into. What is it that makes the Masters tournament the greatest one in the world, in your opinion? Um, I just, I think it comes down to it being just such an amazing golf course. Um, I, like I've I've watched it enough times that I've got all the holes memorized, and they were just it, it's just an amazing course, and um, I can uh, see those par fives and and know exactly how players have to play them, and some courses uh, have gimmicks and stuff. But there's no gimmicks on the Augusta National course. It, it's just such a fantastic course. And um, in fact, uh, a lot of the reason why I know it so well is because um, the, re- the last of the Tiger Woods uh, PGA Tour video games uh, featured Augusta in it. And by playing it there, I was able to. Uh, get a real feel for it because they did a very good job with it and it helped me uh, see exactly how challenging it is and if it was challenging for me in a video game I figured it has to be really challenging in real life well did you have trouble with was it the Eisenhower Oak did you have any trouble with that (laughs) um not not as much trouble there I, I had a lot more trouble on 13 trying to uh, set up a drive on 13. I, I eventually figured I needed to uh, put a seven wood in my bag just for that hole. <laughs> During the time period you cover from 86 up to 2018, can you tell me were there any of the great golfers who really had a lot of trouble competing at the Masters? Because during my own personal research, I mean, some golfers are absolutely superb, you know, like at the Masters or in major competition, while, whereas, you know, some really can't win a ma- – they can win the lesser tournaments, but to win a major, especially the Masters, they just can't do it to save their lives. Did you come across such go- hard luck golfers like that? Yeah, obviously, Greg Norman had uh, his serve struggles. Um, he – for a while there, he was always in contention and always um, right there. And he lost a couple of playoffs. And then, of course, 1996 
where he had a big lead going into the final round and he just imploded on Sunday. And that, that one was probably the hardest one to watch, just seeing uh, how uh, unfortunate it was for him because he had uh, set, uh, tied, I think tied the record, course record of 63 earlier in the uh, tournament. And then that final round, he just completely imploded and ended up uh, second, I think second place behind uh, Nick Faldo. So yeah, that one, that one was hard to watch. I, I remember just sitting through that one and it was just uh, difficult. Yeah, uh, I'd like to tell my listeners, uh, one of the reasons why we're doing this interview is that technically, had, were it not canceled, this would have been the week for the Masters Tournament, and that right next Sunday would have been the final day, correct, Tommy, if it weren't yeah, canceled? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. How do you feel about that? The, apparently, there's plans now. They want to push it back to November. I mean, what are your feelings about that, Tommy? Um. You know, any way they they're able to have it, that would be a good thing. Um, obviously, uh, I, I don't know exactly how uh, things are going to go health wise in the country, but if they're able to play it in November and it's able to be um, warm enough at that time, then I say go for it. And since my birthday is that week. Uh, I'd be looking forward to it. It's going to be so strange because one of the reasons why they do it, and I like to tell my listeners, one of the reasons why they do the Masters in April is that, for one thing, uh, April in Georgia is just absolutely heavenly. The azaleas are in bloom, and the flower, everything, all the flowers are in bloom, and just Augusta, as, uh, as well as most of the Deep South, is just very cool, weather moderate. It's just perfect golfing weather. You know, uh, for those of you who have never experienced the Masters tournament, so it's going to be interesting to see Augusta National Golf Club in in autumn, mid in mid autumn. That's mm-hmm. going to be very interesting. Whether it be whether it be warm or you know, uh, you know, leaves turning, you know, fall colors and all that, be very interesting to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I'm really interested to see what it looks like. Uh, hopefully we'll get the chance to see that. Yeah. Apparently uh, they're canceling the British Open. They will not play that at all. Mm-hmm. They're going to do it like Wimbledon, just not play it at all. Whereas they'll push back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, let's see, the, I think, let's see, Masters is November. I forget, was it uh, U.S. Open September and PGA October? Or is it the other way around? Uh, U.S. Open September and the PGA back in August again. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. We'll see how that all plays out, whether they can get it in or not. So it's no yeah. Grand Slam this year, you know. And yeah. I, I like to tell my listeners the last time the British Open was not played was during World War II. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah. Same with Wimbledon. The last time Wimbledon was completely canceled was, again, World War II. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you play golf yourself, Tommy? <laughs> no, uh, um, I, I think if I play golf, I probably hate the sport because I'm so bad at it. Uh, I, I've gone to the driving range and it's been pretty embarrassing because I, 
I have a hard time even making contact with the ball. Um, <laughs> I, I do, I do enjoy miniature golf, but no, I, I, I honestly can't play. Um, last time I tried the driving range, I remember swinging as hard as I possibly could and then looking down and seeing the ball still sitting there on the tee. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I just can't do it. <laughs> Now, you mentioned Ernie Els. You said he was like a favorite of yours. Uh, besides Ernie Els, who are who, who are your other favorite golfers? Um, well, Ernie Els and Tiger Woods are my, you know, one and one A favorite golfers. Um, Ernie was my favorite because back in 1994, the U.S. Open came to Oakland, which is like right in my backyard. And uh, he won that tournament. And I was so young at the time, whenever I read he had won in sudden death, I thought someone had died. So uh, I I was uh, glad to learn later in life that no one had died in that tournament, but that uh, it had gone beyond the 18 playoff holes, and he had ended up winning that one. And um, then Tiger Woods came on the scene and really – Changed golf to everyone, and uh, he made everything really. Uh, he, like he made golf into a mainstream sport, whereas before that it wasn't as uh, popular. And then Phil Mickelson, I ended up liking him, even though he beat Ernie Els because he um, just a really good golfer and. Um, I kind of like BJ Singh, even though a lot of people didn't like him. Um, he he had his success during the mid two thousands. So uh, yeah. Okay, compare Jack Nicklaus with Tiger Woods. I mean, I mean, you start off with eighty six. That was Nicklaus at the tail end. But comparison in style, if you can, can you give us an analysis between the two men? Because they are the top two in terms of major wins and all that, you know, yeah. Nicholas and Woods. Can you compare the two? Yeah, um, I haven't watched as much of Jack Nicholas, but I do know just from sheer statistics that um, he was always in contention, always finishing in the top three, it seemed, almost every major, and he was just you know, unstoppable. Tiger Woods, whenever he would win, he would win big, and it would be very dominant. But then there'd be other times whenever he just wouldn't really be in contention. And uh, I, just from the uh, sheer statistics, I would have to say Jack Nicklaus is the better golfer, but Tiger was um, probably more fun to watch. Um, tell me, now, your other books are quite large in size. Is, uh, Sundays at the Masters, is it uh, large in size, too? How many pages is it? Uh, uh, honestly, I, I don't remember. Okay. Um, I mean, I is it a real big read? <laughs> no, it, it really isn't that long. Um, okay. It, it's, it's a lot shorter. Um, yeah, it, it was more of a side project for me, so... Um, I I was trying to limit the size of it, so yeah, it's a lot shorter. 
Okay. Tommy, where can readers purchase this book? Can you find it in stores or do you have to buy it online? Uh, you have to buy it online. It's on Amazon. Um, you know, search Sundays at the Masters or you can find the link of it uh, to it, excuse me. Um, on my site at TommyAPhillips.com, uh, there's a link to all my books there. Tommy, what is, what is your next book project and when may we expect its release? Um, my next book project is almost complete. It's getting closer and closer. Uh, it's called Gray Ladies, um, um, A Journey Through Another Exciting Decade in Pro Football History. And it's all about the 1980s of the NFL, very much like my previous book about the 1990s in the NFL. And um, it should be released sometime in May or June. Um, and it's going to be big. So, uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it's going to be big. That's, that's the best way I can describe it because I've put a ton of work into it over the last two years. And finally, I'm getting close to completing it. So, um, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, I can't wait for its release. And uh, please let us know when it's out, because I'd like to have you on my show again. We'll talk about that book. Okay, Tommy? Sure. Yeah. Well, Tommy, I want to thank you so much for appearing on my show. Welcome back. This is your second appearance here. And uh, come summertime, you'll make your third appearance when we talk about the your, your next book. And uh, I want to thank you so much. Okay, Tommy? Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You take care, Tommy. Uh, take care and bye-bye. Bye. Okay. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for next week's show, where I will be interviewing baseball artist Margie Lawrence about her lifelong love of painting and sketching baseball history.